enough, enough champagne to, to fill the Nile. <laughs> that's that's already gone viral. Oh yeah, like everyone's always like doing like riffs off of it, and there's a video where like somebody's in a cinema audience recording it. People are like laughing their heads off. Enough popcorn to fill the aisle. <laughs> We have to see it again yeah, just to obviously. do that. Hello and welcome to the Dan Joe Film Show, episode fifty six. Can you believe it? We're edging closer to 60 and I feel my ankles going already. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime. If he was Poirot on the Nile, I would die any day. It's Joe Richards. Hello. 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 You would die any day. I would. I would. Would you really? I would. Any day. I mean, I'd sacrifice my life for you. Really? I, so Absolutely. I, I need a moustache, though. I you need do. a cracking moustache. That, that is the criteria for me. It is a... You've got to have the most gorgeous moustache, the best Belgium accent you can, and you've got to be looking smart, Oh, too. I cannot do the Belgian accent. <gasps> that was quite good. I don't know. I don't think yeah. it was. I don't think it was. Um, not, not, not like uh, Kenneth Branagh's. Nowhere near as good as... No. Okay, so let's, let's kick things off. Are you a Branagh guy or a David Suchet guy? Oh, I love a bit of sushi uh, on the weekend. <laughs> um, I'm team Branagh all the way, baby. Because yeah, because I wasn't particularly interested in the Poirot TV series because I don't like TV. So um, I, I'm, like I'm TV shocking. Yeah, I'm all for Branagh. I've forgiven him about Artemis Fowl. We're over with that now, aren't we? We can just wipe the slate clean. Yeah, I, I love Branagh. I think he's great, and it's it's difficult sometimes isn't it because when you direct something and you star in it as well it's normally not you know you lose on one of those but he's very good very charming and i like you know i love that he has egg, eggs in the morning i like eggs too yeah you know he, he drops his draft cake on the floor i would be in the same position oh, i would be angry too it is, it is, that, yeah. that, is that is classic daniel dropping yeah your first world problems the there guys really is um but yeah i think that for me what about you is it gonna be sachet no no i think i, I quite like kenneth brand He's got the more impressive moustache, mm. doesn't he? Really? He does, yeah. David Suchet's moustache is a bit pathetic in comparison. Yes, <laughs> yeah, to be fair. <laughs> to, to, to yeah. Branagh's is a, is a beast, mm. but I suppose we'll get to that later on in the show. Anyway. Absolutely, definitely. He must ensure that for a lot of money, almost as much as J-Lo's booty. There was, <laughs> was rumours. Was... Yeah, you know, yeah. There out. are rumours she's insured that too. And so she said, shit, it's worth a million. Um, but how have you been? I know it's been quite a while since you've done the show, haven't we? Yeah, it feels like it. It's mm. only been two weeks though, right? Oh, it, it feels, feels like longer. an eternity. It feels a lot longer. I think mm. a lot has happened yes. in those two weeks. Daniel, question. Mm. Do you know that you are now talking to a certified, famous letterboxed reviewer 
You know what? I was debating whether or not to even talk about this, but I guess we are now anyway. And I have to say, congratulations, Chin yeah. Chin. Chin Chin. Chin. It's coffee, not beer. Yes, Don't worry. It's coffee. Um, so I, was, I think our listeners would love to know, Joe. I mean, you have really been a hard grafter on Letterboxd, haven't you? You've been there for a number of years. Oh, oh I've been putting in the graph. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you worked in office, you'd be that guy, wouldn't you, who's like done the photocopy and made the cups of tea <laughs> and the coffee, and now you're finally getting a promotion. So tell our listeners your exciting news. I did a review of the Tinder swindler. <laughs> And, and, and so of, yeah, out of everything you've you've done a review on, I know, and and that that's the sort of hardest part of, of it all, to be honest, is the fact that of all the review, I mean, this isn't even my favourite one, and this is the one which has taken off. And the last time I checked, I think it had four hundred and thirty six likes. I, yes, I think you're correct. So I have I have a tracker on my phone yes, which actually I, updates. I am aware of that. Yeah, um, but the. the great part of this all you know now being being famous is the the celebrity which goes along <laughs> with it Dan. really um, yeah because i was there one evening and, and the likes just keep on coming mm. they just keep on coming mm. and i get one evening i get a like from sam sadler 97 oh. okay okay the name struck a chord I remembered this name from somewhere. Mm. Sam Sadler. I was like, he's famous or I know Mm. him from somewhere. So I looked at his profile picture and instantly recognised him. I don't know if our listeners have had the pleasure of Sam Sadler in their lives. But basically, when I was a teenager or maybe a bit older, there there was a video which went viral. You know all about these viral things. Yes, absolutely. And it's a young boy called Sam Sadler who was young at the time, a teenager. And he did a dubstep song, or something called um, uh, Pins and Needles. And this is literally what his song went like. It was like, pins, needles, pins, needles, blah, 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 blah. And he does all that, right? And yeah. like, um, he's like the biggest looking nerd. And I can mm. say that as, as a nerd myself. Mm. And he would like wear like these really offensive now t-shirts. Like, all the ladies love me. Be, like, <laughs> Is that offensive now? No, no, but like... like yeah, it was worse. That, worse was, that was tame. That. that was tame for him. Exactly. Um, so after this show, I will show you a video of Sam Oh, Sadler. please do. But I was, I was genuinely so starstruck because I, I was a big fan of his growing up. Um, as a teenager I, I swear there was a, a guy similar like that in America and he used to do videos I think he's dead now rest in peace R.I.P um, but I, he did um, videos and Justin Bieber he got all these celebrities to come into his bedroom and he did one you know Baby by Justin Bieber and he was like and I was like baby and then Justin came in I yeah, don't know I don't know Bieber. we don't know um, but we don't know. but you yes. are officially famous now I know I could tell that you would be impressed I am. Um, but how how have you been? Have you suddenly skyrocketed on Twitter, uh, on Letterboxd recently? Well, the only skyrocketing I've done is in uh, the teaching community. <laughs> Forget Letterboxd, people. Um, no, I don't have time for Letterboxd, but I, I'm very, very impressed. And I, I give it a month or two when he's going he's gonna to give me that message that Joe's going to be like... Dan, I've moved on. <laughs> I'm joining a better podcast. Yeah, I've hit, the, I've hit the, once I hit the 500 mark, I think that's officially mm. the end of the show. Yeah, definitely. No, everything's been fine. It's half term, which is oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, I yes. mean, for a lot of people, they don't know, do they? They're kind of like, what, what week is it? What year is yeah, it? Yeah, I, I know because I tend to avoid half term. Yeah. 
going into you, the You shut inside, curtains closed, <laughs> like a quiet place with your shotgun. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Cardiff, you know, city centre, when the kids are out, can be a scary place. Because that's what kids want to do on there. Yeah. Is go shopping in H&M. Yeah, and for some reason, they always seem to spot me. I think because I'm the only teacher in the school that has a social life. Yeah. So last night, for example, I went to the cinema. So I came to school today, was chilling in my lovely six formers. A girl came up to me and goes, Sir, I saw you last night. And I went, Excuse me, where is this going now? She was like, I saw you at the cinema. I was like, Oh, right, okay. And I was like, I would have said hello, but I just, I just stared. <laughs> I, just went, I went, You can come and say hello, it's fine. You know, we're not aliens, we're not inhuman most of the time. Well, um, yeah. yeah, so I, I know what it's like. Half Tim can be mad, mad, mad. Um, but yeah, all good, all good in the hood. And, and you're a tall guy, so that's how they spot you all the time. Yeah. That's what they said. They were like, Dan, you know, you're not a great teacher, but you're tall, you have a big voice, so you'll be fine. That's what they say. That's, That's what, what they, they say. say. They uh, do say that. Yeah, definitely. But another, lastly, a big occasion for you next week, isn't it? I think it's somebody's birthday. It is, it yeah. Is. The week on Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. How old are yeah. you now? 25? Oh, yeah. I keep saying it because we got on so well. I say, like, Joey's, you know, metaphorically my, you know... You're my age, aren't you? Really? Yeah, yeah, you got on so well. You know, you you're as old as you feel, mm. aren't you? And I've said that many times before. Mm. I am starting to feel my age a bit. I mean, I spent my last weekend painting a wardrobe, <laughs> so that's that. That makes me feel my age. Yeah. And then you know, I was in agony for like mm. days later because my I, back hurt, and yeah. my legs hurt. So that feels my age in many ways. But you know, in terms of that, like lust. For life and, <laughs> and all that business, I, I you know, I, I still feel like a oh, twenty-five-year-old yeah. at heart. You know, oh, yeah. if Dan calls me and says, "Joe, we're going to a midnight showing of, of Screen Seven, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm there, baby. Yeah, I'll yeah. be there. He's posed, ready, he's ready to go. He's yeah. sexy. I'll be like Hannah, you're looking after the kids. I'm oh, out, oh, Scream Seven, work it out, guys, work <laughs> it out. How many years is that going to be? <laughs> Brilliant! Oh, there we are. Well, happy birthday, mate! For for next and oh, look forward no, to partying with gonna you. Party. We're going to party. We're going to party at yeah. the house. Just to warn you, I am going to bring Dan and Joe merchandise to the party. Real. I've, I've got I've got drink coasters. I've got <laughs> I've got wallpaper. I've Good. got all sorts. Good. That's yeah. what we need. That's what we need. So that's happy days. Yeah, but exciting show today. Yeah, and really exciting. We managed to, uh, or you managed to, sit down and have an interview with the one and only Joanna Quinn, who directed a short film. Of the art. Now, if you haven't heard about it, you soon will because it's been nominated for an Oscar. It has? Yeah, for short film for this year's Oscars. And obviously, a big surprise to her, wasn't it? This? Yes. Um, but you were lucky enough to chat with her and the writer, Les Mills, weren't you? I was. You couldn't make it. You I had, make it. You were too busy educating, educating future generations. Yeah, I'm sure they understand. But because I'm still working from home, it's a lot easier for me to move things mm-hmm. around with my work to uh, to accommodate. So we, we literally, and as I said in the interview, we were literally given a time, a slot, and, and that was it. No, nothing else to be done. And so I caught up with them, talked all about their, their film, uh, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next for them, and mm-hmm. all about this sort of experience leading up to the Oscars. And talked about Welsh film as well, which was really good. So should we have a little listen? Let's go for it. Speed, love, I want speed. Here we go. Here we go. No, we missed it again. Art. I'm obsessed. All I ever wanted to do was to go to art school. 
be creative, have a career, but then I got pregnant with Colin. Another obsessive in the family. The whole family's obsessed with something. My sister Beverly stuffed everything. Fanatical! She's big time now. Don't I look fantastic? And what have I done with my life? I could have gone to art school, been somebody, been a, a contender. I just gotta go for it. No more arsing about. We now have the great pleasure of being joined by Les Mills and Joanna Quinn, writer and director of the Oscar-nominated Affairs of the Art. Thank you so much for joining us today, both. How are you? Great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're very busy. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Obviously, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, when when we were trying to schedule this in, we were told that that you were very busy today, I think, back-to-back interviews non-stop, I imagine. I know, it's just gone mad, gone from this quiet, isolated COVID life, watching Judge Judy all day, to suddenly (laughs) all of this. (laughs) Absolutely, and obviously you're you're local, you're Cardiff, but I imagine you're speaking to people all over the world right now as well, is that right? Yeah, we were on the phone to Variety yesterday. Wow. (laughs) I know. We've we've also, this was slightly before the the nomination, we were we were doing Zoom calls with all of the big studios. So we were in, we went to Pixar, we went to Disney, we did all in Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the virtual uh, experience. It's all been a very virtual experience, but it's been but it's been fantastic. I can imagine. And this is obviously after the Oscar nomination. Massive congratulations uh, to you both. I've seen the video, as I'm sure many people have seen this video, of your reaction to the actual (laughs) nomination. (laughs) And I think it's safe to say you were shocked and surprised, to say the least. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, we had convinced ourselves that we weren't going to get a nomination. Because we know all the other films and the other (laughs) filmmakers you see, and they're very, very good. And the process of illumination it goes through yeah. before it gets to the last. Yeah, the science behind it all. We you worked know, it all it, out, you know. It's and... up and down. It's <laughs> up and down all the time. You get a long list, you get a short list, and then you get uh, the nomination. So there's three, and it's an identical process each time. So you're sort of, uh, you know, are we going to go <laughs> any further? And uh, Luckily, we did, you know, which is great. Yeah, but but it was, yeah, we were really shocked. (laughs) On the edge. (laughs) Yes. And and has it sunk in yet? I mean, we're a week down the line now, or just over a week, I think. And has it sunk Uh, in now at all? It's sunk in because of the, like, the work we're doing and everything. So that feels like, but every now and again, I think, my God, should we be nominated? (laughs) (laughs) We're actually going to go to America. And I was thinking last night how lucky we are to be going to America because there are still a lot of things that aren't happening, you know, because of COVID, but this seems to be happening. So like last year, we knew people who were nominated because uh, animation is a very small world. And, and of course it was all virtual. And for such a, for such an exciting event, you know, it's a life, a life changing event for it not to be in real life <laughs> is, is so disappointing. So I was thinking last night, how lucky we are that it is in, real life this year I think it might be slightly smaller you know and mm. I'm obviously more careful but yeah. um 
and we probably won't recognize anybody because they'll all be wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. We won't be able to star spot. We'll be saying, whose eyes are those? They look familiar eyes. <laughs> I, I'm sure you will bump into a lot of people uh, while you're there who, who will probably want to come up and, and congratulate you on the film. And, and that's what I was going to ask. So obviously it's been a long process by the sounds of it to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So what happens next for you now in terms of the build-up to the Oscars? Do you go to America a few days before and do some interviews and press there? Or is it just sort of go there, go to the event and sort of come back? Well, we go there twice, actually. We're going over there. There's this thing called the nominees luncheon which happens about a week before the actual no, a, a little bit more than a week yeah before the ceremony so we're going over for that we're only going to be there like two days we're coming back because we got the BAFTAs and the British Animation Awards in the time between the the luncheon and the actual ceremony so we come over here to go through another series of events and then go back over for the actual uh, Oscar ceremony so it's a very full agenda that we've got you know for instance you know the idea of going to america for a luncheon we had we had said presumably we're not going to that because that's that sounds like you have to live down the road you know yeah (laughs) and uh they said no no you gotta go we were like but it's just a luncheon and they said no 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 it's much more than a luncheon and so these are all the things we're learning you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) that uh it is actually all about networking and Mm. Being seen, being seen, being seen <laughs> in the public eye, and no making contacts. Publicity is huge. Yeah. You know, got to get those votes. Got to get those votes. You know, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, you're putting Wales uh, on the map again. I mean, over the last few years, I mean, Wales. Yeah, we're, have... we're, yeah. we're so chuffed. We're, yeah. we're amazed. You know that that we've had not only with the press and things in in Wales and in Britain, but it was in New Yorker magazine pushing the film. It's you know putting things out and. When we were reading the feedback from their readers, a lot of them were uh, Welsh expats. <laughs> they were living over there and they were saying, oh, it's great to hear the, the Welsh accents. Yeah. And oh, we've been living over here for the, you know huge amount of time. And, and I know a barrel. Yeah, she's I got my relatives, aunt. I got relatives <laughs> like that. You know, in the valleys, they got relatives just like Beryl. Like, so, so that was really good. I mean, there yeah. is a huge publicity kind of... Uh, machine operating yeah. in there on all levels you know and keeping yeah. up with it is what we're trying to do so know? on the one hand um you know the, the nfb are very good at, at the the politics of trying to get those votes but on the other hand the publicity for us is just really wonderful the things like what les said you know getting feedback from people mm. who normally wouldn't see the film but because it's oscar nominated it's it's sort of reached to a bigger audience, a much bigger audience, sure. and uh, you know just getting all these messages from delighted people going, oh my goodness, I know Beryl. <laughs> in fact, we got we got uh, a message for somebody who said, I am Beryl, and she described <laughs> her life, and it's exactly the same as Beryl's. In the film, yeah, so uh, yeah, so we've stayed in touch. She's great, <laughs> oh, and that's brilliant, and and that's the thing. I think the film itself is 
so Welsh. It, it is just <laughs> filled with Welshness, which is great. Like my my father is is a big sort of Welsh patriot, and I know that if if I screened this for him, if he came over and watched this, he would be in stitches. And based based on that, I think we should talk a little bit, obviously, about the film which has been nominated, Affairs of the Art. Um, you've mentioned there, obviously, Beryl, who's a recurring character in your work. For those who haven't maybe seen the previous films or aren't aware of Beryl and what this film is about. Uh, could you give us a brief description? Well, uh, this is the fourth Beryl film, as you know, right? And uh, basically, it's uh, this film is about family, it's about obsessions, it's about uh, ambition, and it's about... Uh, and we're learning about... In the other films, they were single-event films based on one thing that Beryl did. You know, uh, the first film was... Uh, Beryl went to a, a male strippers, girls' night out, um, <laughs> and that was the kind of introduction to her. The second film was Beryl working in a Japanese factory in South Wales, which is based on the Sony and Panasonic factories. Mm. The third film was Beryl was given a video camera. This was in the days when, you know, because it's quite an old film, and uh, instead of just using it to do, you know, normal kind of everyday thing. She read about film, you know, she read about avant-garde film, documentary film, and she was asked by a friend to video her, her, her uh, wedding. So instead of just doing the ordinary typical wedding video, she experimented and basically blew everything. You know, she got drunk, <laughs> she, she wrecked the wedding, she, you know, the whole thing. It was a bit, ended up as a disaster movie. <laughs> and, um, but... It, the only people related to Beryl in the film were her friend and her husband, which you never saw him, actually. Yeah. In this film, the last film, Affairs of the Art, we've, we said we want to explore Beryl's background, her family, and bring in characters other than Beryl, but who are related to her. And that's basically what it's about. It's still about Beryl's ambition. She gets this determined kind of attitude about something and she goes for it. But we learn about her son, Colin. We learn about Beverly, her sister, who lives in L.A., who's a very, uh, I suppose you call her eccentric. <laughs> have you seen the film? I have, yeah. And oh, I right. think well, eccentric is the is, is a, is a yeah, term. I, yeah. I, I think this one, all the family have, an, each member of the family has a, a particular obsession. Mm. And, and we learn about that. And we learn about there must be something in the genes of that family that they're determined to do something other than their ordinary uh, life. And that's really what, what it's about in that Definitely. sense. Yeah. yeah. And I, I loved I loved the film from for that perspective, the fact that what the the, the message I sort of got was we're all individually quirky, but we're sort of joined we have this connection this very human connection in our quirks and even though we, we might on paper seem very different there is always sort of that underlying sort of connection that we all have as as humans and I thought that was sort of a really lovely message especially coming from you know a family with, with two brothers who we're, we're completely different in a lot of ways but <laughs> we've also got that same sort of obsessive qualities in in a lot of ways so I thought that that really shined through and I and it leads me to my next question really about how the collaborative process works for you two because I think the characterization in the in in the in the writing is incredible and obviously as you said uh, the, her sister is is eccentric to say the least 
what sort of comes first? Is it the characterization or the art? Or how, how do the two sort of work together for, for the period? Before writing the script, we're talking about the characters because I think we're more interested in character than anything. <laughs> and so Les, for, for this film and for all the films, has written, you know, really detailed character profiles, which you read and they're hilarious. You know, they're just, they're, they're, they're actually very, they're they're funnier long. than the film. You know? yeah, they're very long and they're very intense. <laughs> and in a in sense, the narrative comes from the combination of these very intense uh, profiles and in this case, it's the family, it's yeah. a family film, you know. When I finished a profile, and we've talked about it, Joe is, is, is actually designing characters and, and representing those characters visually, because yeah. that's obviously Joe's raison d'etre, that's what she does brilliantly. So it's that, that, the collaboration is right from the beginning on everything, yeah. on, on, on the, the themes, characters and the idea and it's a quite a long intense process it is, and th I'm thinking about it now actually because the characters are so important and so detailed and Les's character profiles are very funny because of the detail in them a lot of that detail isn't in the script it's in the, it's in the backstory and so I think my job when I'm animating is to try and get that character across in the animation, but we can't we can't put all of those backstories into the film because we can't. There's not enough time, and it would be off. It wouldn't off the be scale. off the you know it wouldn't be relevant. <laughs> but I I know those people, and so I know the way that they would respond and act and the eye movements, and so somehow I've got to try and get that across in their body language and the way that they. And the way they act. The way that they act. So I, I rely on Joanna to make these characters which are written and, and part of my experience based on other things. I totally rely on Joanna to make those come alive, basically, yeah. In, yeah. in the narrative. And that's where the real collaboration between us is. <clears throat> and we're very critical of each other. Yeah. The, you know, <laughs> we question everything. And it's a very detailed and long process, but it's... Uh, I enjoy that part of it, actually. I enjoy mm. the, the kind of characterization. So the films are very full of character and very about characters. In this Definitely. case, it's family. You know? Absolutely. And finally, what's next? Obviously, you've got the Oscars. That, that's next on the agenda. But post-Oscars, have you considered... You know, I mean, you might already, with, with the nature of animation, I guess, you might already be working on something already. So well, what's next for you post-Oscars and going forward? Well, um, we, we're, we can only think uh, about the next 10, ten minutes. We can't go, <laughs> there's so much going on. So uh, Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a couple of themes, like one of them is... Yeah, we're, they... we're just, we just really want to get past all of this. In, in, and then in, in April will be a lot freer. And so then we can actually start. One to... of the, th the things is anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's informed by what we're going through right now, you know, and attention of the stages of, you know, yeah. winning awards or getting an Oscar nomination. All that. I'm very anxious, you know, I'm a very anxious. Jana is completely relaxed and kind of out there, but, you know, I'm, I think my family are an anxious family. So uh, a lot of this, a lot of these characters are informed by my own family. Like mm -hmm. Colin in the last film, 
is my brother. <laughs> he's exactly the same. All the, all the characteristics of Colin in the film, he's actually got, and he's still got them, and he's like 85 now. Right? So wow. still, he's still writing books about ra railway signaling systems. He's wow. still obsessed with you know, speaking Dutch. I mean, all those characteristics are in my brother. <laughs> so we, we're very great observers of people. Yes. <laughs> no, that's clear to see. Well, congratulations both on the nomination. Uh, Flying the though. Welsh flag proud uh, for, in filmmaking, which is always great to see. The film is terrific as well. As I said, I am planning on watching it at some point with my father because I think you will have an absolute hoot with it. And um, yeah, good luck at the awards. We'll be watching uh, live. We'll have everything across for you. And thank you. Um, yeah, thank you again and all the best. Okay, it's cheers. Thank you very much. much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There we are. That was lovely. There we go. That was lovely. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, they they are lovely, and um, it was a shame that you couldn't be there, uh, Dan, because I, I I do miss you. I hope you. I hope I did you proud. Oh, you did, Joey. You always do me proud. Was there a point in the interview where you just thought? Oh, it's not going as well as if Dan was here. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure not. Yeah, I... since since uh, second one. <laughs> oh no, no, no! And I always say this: you are such a natural. You really are. And and, you, and I'm telling you right now, every interview that we've done, every celebrity and A-lister we've had on this show, you you used to have a rapport with them. You you really connect to them. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. It must just be something about you. But um, picture you... them naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you don't tell him that before the interview. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, well done. And yeah, congratulations to Joanna Quinn and everyone who worked on the film. It's, yeah, it's, it's so exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, the film itself is really funny. Like I said in, in the film, it's like stereotypically Welsh. Mm. Um, you know, I think, like I did say, my dad would absolutely love it. The animation is wonderful. And what wasn't in the interview, after the interview, I spoke to them, obviously they're based in Chapter, that's where they do a lot of their work. Yes. We've had Claire Vaughan on in the past mm. um, from Chapter, talking about the Oscars, funnily enough. And um, they, they even invited us to go and look at the studio, Dan, and oh see where goodness. they do all their work. I, I thought you meant come to the Oscars. I was like, oh, <laughs> get my tux, get my tux. Get my tux, yeah. Oh, I'd love to go the, to the Oscars. Yeah. But yeah, they're flying the Welsh flag proudly. Um, so it was great to get a chance to talk to Welsh filmmakers, um, especially at this exciting point in their career. And the film is lovely, funny, um, so definitely seek it out. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of this year's Oscars, mm. um, I thought we'd just very quickly discuss this year. We're not going to go through any of the categories or nominations, but we've got time for that. You know, we will <laughs> we will do an Oscar show, um, but obviously they have given a date. It is the 20th of March being broadcast, uh, and it's the 94th Academy Awards, and the hosts this year, three ladies. First time ever. Very 2022, that, isn't it? Very um, 2022. So you've got Regina Hall. You've got Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer, who I thought was a bit of a controversial pick there. Why do you um, think she's controversial? I think she's very funny, but I know there is a community that do not like her, and I've seen it. And, and there's actually YouTube videos who say, you know, they watch a bit of her skit and they go, oh, um, I'm going to watch it until I laugh, and the, and the video's like two hours long. They don't, they don't laugh. I was like, okay, we get the point. You don't find her funny. Um, but I think that's an interesting choice. Um, and in terms of the nominations, obviously, you've been able to look through them. I've had a little look at myself, a little peek. Any, any surprises for you, Joe? I was surprised that West Side Story got as, as much love mm. as it did, even though 
I enjoyed it. I mm. thought it was probably Spielberg's one of his best films that he's done, certainly in the last seven years, maybe. Mm. Um, I, I was surprised that it got as much love uh, as it as it actually did. Um, will it pick up a lot? I'm not sure. Could Spielberg take take you know the best director award? Maybe. Um, but my sort of bigger surprise was a bad surprise, really, and that was that there was no love for Come On, Come On. Oh, I know. Like zero love from Come On, which is one of my favourite films Mm. of last year. And, you know, in in any other year, I think you could probably call it Oscar Beatty. Mm. I think that's a fair sort of title for it. You know, you've got outstanding performances in it. You've got the cinematography is beautiful, but it just got completely snubbed. Mm. And I always find it interesting when that happens, when a film's just completely overlooked entirely yeah um but what about you were there any sort of surprises or disappointments yeah i was quite happy with it to be fair i know what you mean about come on come on and i disagree i don't think it is an oscar Beatty film it's a very artsy film mm. but i think it'd be interesting to put that in the mix yeah i felt there was a lot of mainstream films in, yeah in, in a respect in especially best picture firstly i'm really happy um nightmare alley got a, quite a few nominations because you, that was we haven't talked about it no we show, haven't spoken about it really i adored it. it i adored it and it was very close to a five for me and i'm really glad that it's on there because i think because Guillermo del toro has already won an oscar for shape of water it's very easy for them to overlook it but i'm glad because it's really good and i felt like it hasn't quite hit the you know everyone's attention um belfast obviously lots of nominations for that i know you love belfast and i do yeah, yeah. and i watched and that was the one i was watching i was like this is gonna do a massive yeah. deal it takes a lot of boxes doesn't it um one surprise for me and i mean we've not spoken about this don't look up um, which I still have not got, got through. I got through halfway. Oh, and I fa- so you've tried. I've tried, um, and I, I found it really hard to watch. Wow. Okay. Um, because I, I don't like Adam McKay anyway <laughs> yeah. on, on a good day, but I it was released on Christmas Day, and I actually watched it on Christmas Day, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not watching this. Um, no. But that's, that's scooped a lot. And obviously you've got Dune as well, yeah, um, Dune. which I was surprised by, because yeah. um, I didn't think it'd get that, nom- that nom- nominations, but... It's interesting with Dune because obviously I think the biggest sort of talking point about mm. that is the fact that Denis Villeneuve was left out to the best director. Yeah, yeah. Like literally that conversation about how can you have a film up for like best picture, best cinematography, best, yeah, you know, all that, all the technical awards essentially, but then mm. still not nominate the no. directors. It is exactly. a bit strange. But yeah, I love Dune. I'm looking forward to watching that again, actually, in 4K, hopefully, on, on my week off. Have a bit of a film like this, Hannah hasn't seen it yet. Mm. And yeah, Nightmare Alley, I thought, was absolutely terrific. I honestly would be shocked if that took anything home, though. I, I've yeah. just got a feeling that it's just not going to... It seemed like a bit of a wild card for me, because yeah. I just can't see that taking home no, anything no, no. and I, I and i admit to that yeah, yeah. i agree even I though agree. it's great yeah definitely definitely and uh yeah come on come on oscars get come on come on exactly. up there exactly you know mm, the title true. says it all come on you know you want to baby does, you know you want to there but yeah but we, we should mention obviously we will have an oscars show we will out close to the time we'll probably do similar thing as last year with mm. our oscar panel um yeah. You know, if you want to go back and listen to last year's, yes. uh, it was a great Oscar panel. Yeah. I think really one of our best shows, I think. That I Oscar agree, and, and it helped with plenty of wine as yes. well. It's, we started off fresh-faced and clear-headed, and then by the night it was all just a blur, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Uh, and I will blame Claire, Claire B for that, because yeah. we all 
started. I didn't know whether we were going to drink. And then she pops out with a glass of champagne. <laughs> I was like, well, Claire, this is your fault now. We're blaming you. And that, yeah. it was great. Yeah, yeah right. It was she great. Was, she was the responsible one. She's she was. to blame. But yeah, I think um, it'll be a great night. I will be watching it live, mm. as I always do. And Good I will man. have my fingers crossed for a phase of, of, of the art as well. And um, yeah. I'll be keeping an eye out for them. While they're there as well, seeing if they're Ooh. you know mingling with Steven Spielberg or, or somebody yeah. like that, that'd be wild. We, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be shouting out, "Come on, Wiz! Come on, Wiz!" <laughs> like when a rugby match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, there we are. Shall we uh, get on now to some film reviews, Joe? Let's do it. Let's. Uh, we've got some three. I think we've got some three three good films to talk about. I was going to say, I feel like we've got a BLT of films this week, haven't we? Yeah, we you BLT. know, we, we we're spoilt for choice. You know, you've got. Some Something for everyone this week. We really are. Shall uh, we start off with Uncharted? Absolutely. We- which I've been so excited about. Guys, ladies and gents, this guy right now, I said to Joe, I said, what do you want for Christmas, Joe? He said, I want Uncharted right now. I said, Joe, you need to wait two more months, mate. It's not going to happen yet. Um, he has been buzzing, haven't he, for this? I have been buzzing yeah. for it because I am a big fan of the games mm. uh, with which the film is based off of mm. playstation games uh, there's been four games in the series i think I, i've played them multiple times and i think they're famous for being so cinematic and in this day and age obviously everything seems to cross over with television for example you know everything is is got production value behind yeah. it and big budgets and everything's so cinematic and, and the and the games are just hugely cinematic they've got amazing set pieces this film steals one of those from Uncharted 3 but for those who don't know what Uncharted is it's a sort of a quasi Indiana Jones um, mm. adventure game series following the exploits of Nathan Drake who's a charming guy he's really charming he's got the swagger and he's basically a treasure hunter, apparently a descendant of uh, Francis Drake. And in the games, you basically follow him around while he searches for treasure, gets into all sorts of trouble. He's a bit of a thief as well, mm. but he's charming. So yeah. that's okay. He gets away with it. He gets away with it. You can nick my pocket anytime. Exactly. He's handsome and he's charming, so he gets away with it. This film is an adaptation of the game series, and we all know how they yeah. go. And Tom Holland uh, is playing Nathan Drake. Uh, Mark Warburg is playing his uh, sort of mentor. Uh, Victor Sullivan and it basically picks up with Nathan Drake sort of earlier on in his career it delves into his relationship with Sam uh, which is a relationship which is uh, explored in Uncharted 4 and uh, basically it, it shows the meeting of minds between Nathan Drake and Victor Sullivan Victor Sullivan approaches Drake and says your brother's gone missing I'm trying to find um, some uh, treasure I need your help to pick up where he left off, which is very Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Will you come and uh, help me uh, find all the gold? Here's a clip. Do you think it's another puzzle? Well, whatever it is, you better figure it out fast. I'm going to try and buy us some time. Hey, can I get you a drink? Gin and tonic, but how It definitely is my gin and tonic, but it is on the house. Gracias. Hey, whoa, 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 let me go. Pina colada? Yeah. 
I can get a comedian the sunshine. Okay, I got it. I got it. Sex on the beach. So I was actually speaking about this with Hannah's father yesterday Ooh. in the car and we were talking about purists and it's mm. so difficult sometimes when you're a purist I mm. think yeah. um, when you when you love something so much whether that be a book yeah. or, or a game or a TV show and then it suddenly makes the jump to Joe cinema. I'm going to stop you there I love you too I love you so much <laughs> <laughs> thanks Dan I know <laughs> sorry I know. and and I, for the longest time, have been an uncharted purist. Mm. And I know it sounds silly, but it's hard when you're playing the game. It's, they're so cinematic, and being a film lover anyway, it's hard to play the game and not picture in your head mm. your dream cast. Yeah. Okay? So my dream cast okay. of Uncharted, right? Here we go. So Nathan Drake would have been played by Chris Pratt. Okay. Okay. And I genuinely think if this had been made, like even five years ago, yeah. Chris Pratt would hands down I agree. be the lead. Yeah. Because the reason they cast Tom Holland is he's the he's hot. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? He's hot. He's, he's hot. hot. He's hot property. I mean, and after No Way Home, he mm. brings in the punters. Oh yeah, of course. And I think, and I think because he's just so massive. I mean, my nephews—they've never played Uncharted, but they're going to go see it because it's Tom Holland, yeah, yeah, it's Spider-Man. Hmm. And I genuinely think if they'd been made five years ago, when Chris Pratt was sort of at his peak, hmm. and he sort of bit of controversy around him now and his like religious views, which I'm not oh, all hmm. sort of don't really agree with. I, I think that, you know, he would have been perfect. His girlfriend in it, Elena, who isn't in this film, I thought would be brilliantly played by Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and I thought Victor Sullivan would have been, uh, J.K. Simmons would have been a great uh, Victor Sullivan because okay. he's a lot older in the games than he is mm. in this film. Funnily enough, Mark Wahlberg was originally supposed to play Nathan Drake. Oh. And because the film was put on hold for so yeah. long, he's now in it, but as a younger Victor Sullivan, oh, okay. which doesn't particularly work, but it is sort of the reason behind it. So I had a dream cast in my mind. I had a dream vision of what the film would mm. be like. And to be fair, everything is there for the filmmakers. The games are so cinematic, they could literally lift the scenes mm. from the games and it'd be an incredible film obviously they want to do something a bit different from the game so you've got Tom Holland who's a lot younger Nathan Drake I don't think he fits the role um, at all to be perfectly honest so that immediately takes me out of the film mm. Mark same with Mark Wahlberg I don't think he's particularly great in it so that takes me out of the game as well the only person who I thought was absolutely brilliantly cast was um, Sophia Ali as uh, Chloe Frazier. She was perfectly cast and I'd love to see more of her. So that's already sort of a dampener of it and I fully appreciate that's my purest yes. mind talking. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a film, I thought it was okay. Obviously with video game adaptations, 
they're tough to adapt, but I don't think you can go far wrong with Uncharted because it is essentially an Indiana Jones sort of adventure. I thought the beginning was fine. Um, I thought the ending was solid. As I said, it takes a, a great set piece on a plane from Uncharted 3, which is one of my favourite from the games. So I thought that was all cool, but it just lagged in the middle for me. There was a period sort of halfway through of time where it was just a lot of exposition, a lot of talking. I know they've got to do that to a degree because they're hunting treasure, um, but I felt my uh, enthusiasm and my excitement for the film waning about halfway through. So not a complete disaster, no. um, but not my version of Uncharted as well. And I know that sounds silly because, mm. you know, they can't please everybody, but it, it did, didn't work for me at all uh, based on a, on a purist level. You haven't played the games. No. So I'm intrigued to see what you think about it. Okay. Well, you know, speaking of purism, I am a purist of another video game, Grand Theft Auto, of course. <laughs> Although if they made that into a film, it'd probably be banned. <laughs> Um, I totally understand what you're saying, and from what I can gather, they have had a pick and mix of different scenes from different of different one of the games, yes. and tried to push it onto a film. And to. watching it, I totally could get that. And I was watching it, and I really was thinking, thought to myself, fans of the game are not really going to embrace this and not enjoy it. And I respect that. And from the consensus, that is true right now. That people who love the video games are not happy with it, and those who never played the game quite enjoy it. And I'm the latter. I, I had a lot of fun with this i i disagree completely i think tom holland is fantastic in this and i'm gonna go as far to say and i I'm, we're gonna say it right now i preferred him in this than spider-man <laughs> yeah. so i'll tell you why i'll tell you why right he has got this cool calm charisma about him in this film he actually is not playing a nerd like in spider-man where i always thought he's too cool for spider-man that's why i thought Tobey Maguire did it better he's never been nerdy tom holland you can stick glasses on him and stick this dirty washed up hoodie on him no nah, he's not a nerd he's a cool guy but he's a barman in this he elevates the script he has such funny quirky lines in it he plays off uh, the characters really well he has his kind of automatic chemistry with anybody he jumps into in the scene and you know he jumps and, and just you know jumps into every single action sequence in this i just felt like he just went for it guns blazing and i think you know you can always say oh well he's you know i wouldn't cast him and that's fine that's totally fine but for me i'm actually really glad they chose him because it's going to make a lot of money because of it and I also think he put he pushes himself, he throws himself into every scene. And I, I did think he had the best role and, and the best lines. Saying that, I don't think all the casts work. I think Mark Wahlberg is okay. I He is miscast, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what I think is there is this kind of bromance that's happening. And again, that might be developed in another film. They do leave it open-ended, don't they? Yeah. Um, in terms of everyone else, um, Sophia Ali is okay. I felt like she, she could have had a, a few more scenes in there. Tati Gabrielle, I thought she was awful i thought she was the most blandest like i can't spoil it because it is a kind of a spoiler halfway through she takes over um uh, and you can just tell it's just they've done it for certain reasons mm. i thought she was so bland there was nothing to her um you know and uh, um you know antonio banderas i was really disappointed in him he, they try and introduce a backstory with him it doesn't quite work yeah. again maybe something else from the game they try to push in there but i had a lot of fun with this i've got to say i think the action sequences are 
exhilarating. There was some really funny one-liners. Um, it's quite just an easy breeze film. I thought the pacing was great. I was never really bored. Um, and it's a two-hour film. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, is it something I'm going to say is that my, you know, one of the best films of the year? Probably not. But the audience I was in quite enjoyed it. And yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. And I apologise to all the Spider-Man fans out there. Oh, you're going to get mail. Yeah, they're going to come with pitchforks, aren't they, in my you, house? You are going <laughs> to get mail. I'm telling you that right now. We're oh. just going to get a P.O. box from yeah. the Danny Joe Film Show. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be sending us abuse. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to be not kind regards. Regards. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you know you've messed up oh, then, you haven't really you? really do, yeah. So definitely. there we are. There we are. But yeah, um, I, I thought it was fine. Um I just think, you know, it is tough with video game adaptions, you know. I still think to this day, Sonic the Hedgehog was terrific. It was. I'm excited for the sequel. I am too. And I liked uh, Mortal Kombat last year. I think that did a decent job. And I do think they are getting better. Mm. Um, But this one, I I admit, you know, it's literally from a purist perspective that Mm. I didn't enjoy it. But we did put on Twitter, we asked uh, our listeners to write in and and say what they thought of it. And we had an interesting response from the Twinkie thing. We did. Where he wanted to review the film without, <laughs> without, without watching it. And I think he's actually done yeah. a, a decent job. A really job. good job. We're not going to read all of it out because it's very, very long. It is very, very um, long. But, but I think he's done yeah. a decent job of, of like nailing it, basically. Yeah. Saying it is still automatically one of the best video game adaptations out there is pretty spot on mm. and um, the supporting cast don't fare so well and yes. Banderas he basically agrees Z- Zorro you're pushing boots yeah, yeah. Um, and you've got also um, at Barton Reviews Josh Barton our good friend um, a flawed but commendable effort at making an uncharted film like the games it's 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 best when it's delivering white knuckle action sequences I definitely watch more of these and I think that's kind of sums up my view as well on it yeah. there we are brilliant thank you, you very much everybody uh, moving on now should we talk about Monsieur Poirot I cannot wait mm. do you remember when I did that <laughs> that accent on another show <laughs> we did Murder on the Orient Express yeah I used to do the French I used oh, to do the right. Poirot and I used to do the Bonjour mes amis did you, did you get abuse for it I did, yeah, I did, yeah. It wasn't, From wasn't our good. listeners. Yes, definitely. Um, so this is Death on the Nile. And again, it's one of those films that's been delayed so many times. I think like eight times it's been delayed. Yeah, massively delayed. You know, we've all seen the trailer enough times now, but like No Time to Die, and it's finally here. Um, and again, this is directed by Kenneth Branagh. He directs and stars as Hercule Poirot. Um, and again, you've got a really stellar cast. You've also got uh, Tom Bateman returns as Book. I love that. Um, Annette Benning, uh, Russell Brand. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Gal Gadot, Army Hammer. Oh, oh say so no more. No, no, you've disowned him, haven't you? I have, <laughs> put I've him up for sale. Yeah, um, so brilliant cast as always. Um, very similar, I guess, story to the first film. Poirot is called out to the Nile to Egypt to um, investigate uh, some sort of mystery going on. You've got. Gal Gadot and Army Hammer, they are newlyweds. Only six weeks since they met each other. It's a yeah, flashbang marriage. Um, they're getting married in Egypt. Very lavish, expensive ceremony. Um, however, there are others, family and friends attending, that are not so happy. Gal Gadot um, grows increasingly suspicious of people that they are trying to murder her. And uh, yes, let's just say she's indeed correct. Here's a clip. <laughs> Every 
wedding party. The good Dr. Windlesham proposed to Miss Ridgway when she was still Miss Ridgway. He and the papers both had the deal as good as done. Then came the engorged stallion, and now it's Mrs. Doyle. If I were in his shoes, I'd only come here to put a bullet in the groom. Who are our other guests? Lynette's godmother, who despises Lynette's wealth. And the godmother's nursemaid, Bowers, who covets it. As does Lynette's own maid, poor old Louise. Oh, his cousin Andrew. He's a slippery fish. No one except Lynette trusts him. We find Mother and I are the only sane people here. The only one who seems to like Lynette at all is her old schoolmate, Rosalie. She's Salome Otterborn's niece and arranged for her to come to play for them. And that was a clip there from Death on the Nile. So we've been waiting a while for this. And what I decided to do is, uh, Amelia and I decided to watch Murder on, on the Orange Express oh, again. Oh, wow, you put yourself through that. <laughs> all right. Um, I do love me a bit of Judy Dench on a Monday oh, evening. Um, so we, I watched it again. I remember going to watch it in the cinema, and I remember really enjoying it with my mum. And it, it's such a mumsy film, isn't it? It really truly It's is. such a Sunday afternoon film. Very pedestrian, very calm, nothing really too tense for anybody else. Um, and I watched it back, and I, I was a bit underwhelmed the second time, to be honest with you. I think it's fine. I think the cast are fantastic in it. I, you know, we were watching, we, I was like, oh my goodness, Willem Dafoe, Johnny Depp, I can't believe this. Um, so the cast are great, but my issue with the Murder on the Orange Express is, like I said, it's very pedestrian. It just kind of goes through the motions. There's no real tension. You don't really get a, a sense that anyone's going to be killed off. There's not really a bloodbath. And the whole reveal, yes, I don't didn't see it coming the first time, but I think it takes away a lot of the guessing of who the murderer is going to be, if that makes sense. And I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. This time around, um, very, very different. I love the fact that it takes place actually inside a boat um, on the river, and they can't really... I like that, yeah. Yeah. See the location stuff is yeah. your jam. Like the Titanic. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Big boats. Um, yeah, love singular locations. Um, they're kind of trapped on this boat. They're not sure who murdered who. And it does become a bit of a bloodbath. You know, multiple characters get killed in this. Was, you do. Which I wasn't prepared for. One character in particular, which made Amelia and I both sob out loud because we were not expecting it. And we were a big <laughs> fan of this character. Um, what I also will say is I there is a long build-up to the first murder, an hour-long build-up. And for a lot of people, they've said, oh, I really don't like it. And I wasn't expecting to either. I actually liked that it took its time in the first yeah. hour yeah. because what it did was it grew suspicion of these people. You, it developed the characters and their backstories as much as they could, whereas in the first Murder on the, on the Orange Express, it didn't really do that, did it? They were kind of archetypes, all of them. Yeah. It, the film really makes an effort to develop these backstories of these characters so they're not just kind of figures in this game. So yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that it took its time. It's a beautiful location, gorgeous cinematography, far more prettier than the first film, I would say, because, you, you know, you are filming in the Nile in Egypt and it is looking to look gorgeous. Um, and also what it does is throughout the first hour, you don't know when someone's going to die because there are multiple times where a rock falls off a cliff or someone shoots something else and you think, oh gosh. So my heart was pounding through that and it was pounding all the way through. Uh, the second half, what I like as well is because it doesn't waste enough, you know, much time in the second half, you, he gets around to questioning it a lot faster. Um, which I thought was great too. Um, Performance-wise, however, this is the one thing maybe wasn't as good as the first film. I thought the cast was slightly underwhelming for me compared to the first film. Some are great. So Gal Gadot, I thought was very, very good. Yeah. Very decent. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh, obviously. Um, again, very, very nice. 
You've also got um, Ali Faisal. I thought he was very, very good as well. Um, Jennifer Saunders, Dawn French. They played the more comedic role. I thought they were fine. Then you have Army Hammer. And I... Uh, can I just say, Amelia knew nothing about, you know, Amelia knew nothing about he, what's going on in his personal life and all these leaked accusations. Yeah. And you know me, I've said it, I said it time and time again, you know, I go into the film judging that film. Um, and I, with West Side Story, I, I said that and I really, you know, really enjoyed that. But this time, oh my gosh, he was awful in this. There is a scene where he is crying with emotion and uh, me and I were laughing our heads off. And it's really sad to see because he's a great actor. I don't know what happened here. There are shots of him that feel so out of place. Like they've been cut and put in. There are shots that like have been cut out of him as well. It's been very, very strange. He just doesn't fit in the film. It's very strange. Um... Likewise, Russell Brand isn't great. Trying to do his posh accent like this, like a doctor. So there you have it. I think the cast um, are a bit uneven. I think some are fantastic, some not so much. But like I said, what I did like, it's far more tense than Agatha Christie's past film. Far more suspenseful. suspenseful. The location is fantastic. The cinematography is great. Um, I really enjoyed it overall, far more than The, than the Orient Express. And yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a really, really you know good time. And I think we are being quite treated this week, in my opinion. But what did oh, you think? Okay. Um, well, you're absolutely right. There is a Munsey's film. Well, I, mm. I, I, I went to see this with my mum on Friday lovely. night. Um, and uh, we were laughing. We were laughing <laughs> all the way through. And, I, and we were laughing so much. Like, at one point, my mum literally turned to me and she's like, I don't know why we're laughing. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, because... And, and that's the moment I realised that I do think there is an element of self-awareness yeah. to it which is quite campy. Yeah. I thought it was campy fun. Mm. I mean, that moment with Gal Gadot um, saying, enough champagne to, to fill the Nile. <laughs> that's, that's already gone viral. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's always like, doing like riffs off of it. And there's a video <laughs> where like, somebody's in a cinema audience recording it. People are like, <laughs> laughing their heads off. Enough popcorn to fill the aisle. <laughs> We have to see it again yeah, just to obviously. do that. Obviously. I'll stand up and do it. You've got that. You've yeah. got um, Annette Benning. Oh, absolutely <laughs> terrific. Yeah. Like, the stuff which, like, my son, and like, oh, she, no. she, she understood the assignment. I yeah. do agree. I think there was, was like some people didn't get the no. happiness of it, and then no. some people did. I think Annette Benning was definitely one of those who did get mm. the assignment. Um, Dawn French uh, and, and uh, Jennifer Saunders maybe not so much mm. but I think there is a campy element to it my older brother messaged me afterwards and was like is it the same as the original story mm. and he, I was like I don't know I, I'm no. not familiar with it I don't know either no. he was like I was like who do you think is the murderer mm. and he messaged me who he thought and I said yeah those are those, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's the murderer yeah. um, and he said well why did they bother making it then <laughs> Smart guy, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, they do have an origin story of Poirot's mustache. Yes, <laughs> so I was like, that that that's worth the admission, yeah. or you know, on its own. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are talking about that that sort of weird opening act where it only serves as a purpose <laughs> to like you know show his mustache yeah. like where he got the idea from, and that's very like uh, again Last Crusade, really, mm. that sort of prologue. Uh, so so yeah, I think. Um, 
So yeah, I think it is uneven, like you mm. said. I don't think it's a masterpiece. Mm. Um, but I do. I did get a kick out of it. Yeah. I thought there were moments in there where I was laughing. Like, like when pa- Poirot's chasing a suspect and like they're in the kitchen and you like throwing like knives and stuff. <laughs> I did get a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, so uneven, but not the disaster that I. I mean, after all this time and you know the the cast and everything like that, lore of the cast are sort of being cancelled and and so on since it's been released. I, I was expecting the worst, but I ended up coming out of there thinking actually that was a bit of campy fun. Mm. I could easily watch that after a few beers. Yes, and have a ball. Yes, with it. I. It's weird because I gave that and Uncharted the same rating, <laughs> but I would see Death and Hell five times in a row. <laughs> Yeah, strange, isn't it? But yeah, no, I know what you mean. And uh, yeah, you and Army, not going to know. No, well, yeah, no, we won't no, be yeah, there we are. That that. But um, yeah. yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, moving on now from Death on the Nile to Jennifer Lopez and her man. J-Lo. J-Lo. J-Lo I think it's fan. ironic that this film is called Marry Me and she's been divorced three times. <laughs> I know. And I, yeah. Oh, God bless her. Bless her. But she, she's, back, she's back with Batman. She's back she with Ben Affleck. Affleck, the lovely... Yeah. Lucky mm. What did they call her? Benefer back in the day, Benifer. didn't they? Benefer. Ooh, sexy. Yeah. But mm. uh, yeah, this is Marry Me, uh, based off of a graphic novel. <laughs> Weirdly. Hold on to your seat, Marvel. <laughs> uh, independent graphic novel. Oh. And uh, J-Lo uh, plays a superstar. I'm a big stretch for J-Lo yeah. in well, this Well, she went from a literacy teacher in The Boy Next Door <laughs> who reads Homer... <laughs> To a superstar, so it's like yeah. I think I, I think she's better off doing this. I yeah. think she is. Yeah, uh, she plays a uh, Cat Valdez, um, who is due to get married to Bastian, um, and they, they're going to get married on stage. Gee, Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. Yes, from yes. Living Egg. Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Song. Um, but yeah, they've got a hit song called mm. "Marry Me," oh. and they're going to perform it live mm. and uh, get married as as these crazy superstars mm. do. Uh, going to get married live on stage. Owen Wilson plays a school teacher, a maths teacher called Charlie, and he's like, "Hey, you know, very chilled out, Charlie." Hey, yeah. And uh, he's like, "Oh my god, you know, <laughs> um, oh my god. god, like wow, wow." And um, he he's got a daughter. He's divorced, and she's yeah. a big fan of Cat for theirs. Um, so she drags him along mm. to see the show behind the scenes video emerges of Bastia <gasps> being a little bit of a snake <gasps> and cheating on uh, Kat Valdez and no. um, she's distraught because she's literally about to marry the guy goes out on stage mm. looks out to the crowd and sees Owen Wilson holding a sign saying marry me <gasps> the title yes! of the song yes and she goes yes <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that his cardboard sign, yes. which he intended it to be to mean marry me the single, yeah. she's read now as a proposal exactly. to marry her. Exactly. What an unfortunate coincidence. I mean, and he doesn't even like her music. He yeah. doesn't even know who she is. So he gets up on stage. Mm. He's like, am I really doing this? Wow. And then he gets, wow. And then he gets married to J-Lo. <laughs> and um, what, what follows is... Will they stay together? Basically, they're going to stay together for a little while while the sort of media circus dies mm. down. Mm. But whilst they're together, uh. will real emotions come out to play? Here's a clip. If Bastion is the guy that you think you're supposed to be with, then, hell, I'll drive you to the airport. But if you're not sure, then come with me to the fall semi-formal tomorrow night. 
Yeah, they need chaperones. Maybe you need chaperoning. Listen, I'm not saying this as your husband or even as your friend, because technically I'm not either, but if you go back to Bastion, aren't you just making the same mistake all over again? Again? Are you asking me to the school dance? Well, I could leave a note in your locker, but here we are in free period, so I figured I'd take my shot. There's a clip there from Marry Me. I know um, you're very excited to see this. I got to see it last uh, Saturday uh, after Uncharted, and um, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Again, nothing special at all, but having such a bizarre concept. Um, of this superstar meeting this mathematician and, you know, uh, mm. them getting married on the spot. I, I thought they handled the concept mm. really well. And I actually think it's, it's a rom-com, which is funny and it is sweet. And you've got two great performances from J-Lo and Owen Wilson. I think they both got chemistry, which is a big, you know, important thing mm. uh, when it comes to a rom-com. But I like the ideas that they had about social media. Mm. You know, there's like a moment where he's basically trying to convince her that maybe she doesn't need all the social mm. media in, in her life and mm. everybody around her all the time while she is trying to convince him that maybe some you know a life online mm. is a good thing you know mm. for, for his maths and for his uh, mathalon students mm. um, <laughs> but I, I had fun with it and there's a kid when you go and see this film you will know the kid but there's a kid oh he just cracked me up in, in the classroom I can't remember his name. I don't think they even mention his name, but he's a big fan of Cat Fidel's. Mm. Every time he was on screen, mm. I was creased. <laughs> I thought, if Dan was here now, he oh, would be crying yeah. at this point because he's like a big fan. Um, so I thought, cutesy, mm. charming, nothing incredible, mm. but you know what? Like a gr good date night movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, go go check it out. Oh, so I want to ask, he's a math teacher. Did he uh, calculate her obtuse angles? He, he, oh, that would be a spoiler. Oh, all those mathematicians like, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a spoiler. Yeah, right? okay. But, oh, uh, spoiler. But yeah, Owen Wilson, wow. Wow. He doesn't say wow, but I think he says something like, ow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you can't say it again, Owen. Yeah, you can yeah. say something very similar. But oh, it's excellent. A lot of fun. I can't wait to hear what you think about oh, it. Oh, brilliant. Uh, lovely uh, selection of films this week, isn't it? For Absolutely, everybody. Yeah. Excellent. Right, it's time for Two Truths and a Lie. Can Joe finally redeem himself, or will he just be doomed to failure all his life? I will be, definitely. Yeah, well, that's what his <laughs> friends say, I don't know. Um, right, you've got to redeem yourself now, Joe. You've lost twice already. I'm not trying to you know, you know, dig you into it, but um, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> I am ready, yeah. Okay. So, for those who don't know, who've listened, uh, not listened before, Two Truths and a Lie, I'm going to tell Joe three facts from this week's three new releases. Um, Joe has to tell me which are true and which is the lie. All right, you ready? Mm. Here we go. Okay, let's have it. Let's have it. Let's have it. Right, fact one. In Marry Me, Jennifer Lopez's real son, Max, appears in the film as a student in the Mathalon competition. Mm. Fact two. 
Poirot's friend Book, played by Tom Bateman, does not actually appear as a character in the Agatha Christie novels. Or fact three. In Uncharted, Sony originally wanted to cast Robert Downey Jr. as Victor Sullivan, but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts, so had to cast Mark Wahlberg. So, we've got fact one, that Jennifer Lopez brought her son into work day. Cheeky thing. Fact two, that Paul's friend book was never in the novels. Or fact three, that Robert Downey Jr. wanted a piece of that Uncharted pie. What do you think, Joe? Oh, so you're saying book wasn't... That's one of the options. Book was never in yeah, the... Yeah, never in the original Ooh. Agatha Christie book. So, so if I... they added him in, they wanted a book <laughs> to be in the film. <laughs> so, but is... Uh, are we just talking about Death on the Nile? I don't... I think all of them. Right. From okay. what I gather, okay. I don't know. So, I want to say... It's either book or Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Because I think Mark Wahlberg... Like I said, I think he's always been involved in the project in in some way, shape or form. So I'm going to go for the lie being. Mm. 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 I'm going to say the lie is book not being a part of the of the series. (sighs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, I failed again. We've we've given so many chances. (laughs) We really have. And he's failed again. Oh, my oh. God. And you know what? I really tried this week to be, make it kind of easy. But even when I make it easy, it's still, it's still quite tricky. So yeah. don't feel too hard. Yeah, the lie was actually um, Robert so, Downey Jr. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he I should have gone with my gut because I'm yeah. sure Mark... Go Lord with your gut, mate. Always. Go with your gut. I'm awful oh, at this I game. tell you what, I think I'm done with you now with this game. I, we yeah. need some guests need on some the show. Guests on soon. <laughs> we need some fresh blood in here. Definitely need some fresh blood oh, in Well, here there we sure. are, Joe. Unfortunately, it's a nil point for you. Nil point, not today. <laughs> Poirot not would not today. be coming to help you, would he? No, he wouldn't. No. He wouldn't. Um, and that's what we've got time for on today's show. It has gone so quick. Thank you again, Joe. Thank company. you, Dan. You're so close, I could touch your leg. Oh, I just well, did. You just, that Ooh. wasn't my leg. Oh, that assault? <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for listening. If you want to catch up on any of our old shows, you can go on to Mixcloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, you can follow us on social media. We're under the Danjo Film Show on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DJ Film Show. That's at DJ Film Show. And we'll see you next time for some more movie magic. Bonne chance. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>